It's true that some things change as we get older. But if you're a woman over 40 and you're dealing with insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, and weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. And with MIDI Health, you can get help and stop pushing through it alone. The experts at MIDI understand that all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes that happen around menopause. And MIDI can help you feel more like yourself again. Many healthcare providers aren't trained to treat or even recognize menopause symptoms. MIDI clinicians are menopause experts. They're dedicated to providing safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions for dozens of hormonal symptoms, not just hot flashes. Most importantly, they're covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. You deserve to feel great. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, achy joints, weight gain. Maybe you're thinking they're all just part of getting older, or that's what your doctor tells you. But MIDI Health understands that for women over 40, they can all be connected. Hormonal changes that happen during perimenopause and menopause are at the root of dozens of symptoms women experience, not just hot flashes. MIDI specializes in compassionate care for women in menopause. Their solutions are safe, effective, and FDA-approved. Plus, they're covered by insurance. A convenient telehealth visit with a MIDI clinician can be your first step to getting personalized care. They'll tailor a treatment plan for your symptoms and health history, so you can get back to feeling great. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. When your body changes, your care should too. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. Now that we're in the thick of summer, you might be looking for wholesome, convenient meals to support sunny, active days. Or you might just be looking for a quick meal to heat up for all the big summer pro wrestling shows that you're going to settle in for and watch at home. Well, Factor is America's number one ready-to-eat meal kit, and they can help you fuel up fast with flavorful and nutritious ready-to-eat meals delivered straight to your door. You'll save time, eat well, and stay on track for reaching your goals. If you're too busy with summer plans to cook but want to make sure you're eating well with Factor, skip that extra trip to the grocery store, the chopping, prepping, and cleaning up, and save money compared to delivery. Plus, you don't have to wait around for it, and it's not greasy, fried stuff that's cold by the time you get it. Factor's fresh, never-frozen meals are ready in just two minutes, so all you have to do is heat and enjoy and then get back outside to soak up the warm weather or settle in for a good meal while watching wrestling. You can stick to your wellness goals with premium ready-to-eat meals featuring high-quality ingredients. Treat yourself to 34-plus weekly restaurant-quality options like bruschetta shrimp risotto, green goddess chicken, and grilled steakhouse filet mignon ready in just two minutes. There are vegetarian, vegan, and protein-plus options depending on your diet choices. They also feature lunch-to-go options, effortless, wholesome meals like grain bowls and salad toppers that are ready to eat when you're on the go, no microwave required. They also have calorie-smart meals with around or less than 500 calories per serving, but the nutrient density will give you the fuel you need to get through the day. With Factor, you can rest assured you're making a sustainable choice. They offset 100% of their delivery emissions, source 100% renewable electricity for their production sites and offices, and feature sustainably sourced seafood in their meals. So this July, get Factor and enjoy eating well, without the hassle. Simply choose your meals and enjoy fresh, flavor-packed meals delivered to your door, ready in just two minutes. No prep, no mess. I am a customer. I love Factor meals. I enjoy picking the meals out from the selection each week, and... 
looking forward to trying some new things and having some of my factor favorites. So head to factor75.com slash Wade50 or use code Wade50 to get 50% off. That's code Wade50 at factor75.com slash Wade50 to get 50% off. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, achy joints, weight gain. Maybe you're thinking they're all just part of getting older. Or that's what your doctor tells you. But Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all be connected. Hormonal changes that happen during perimenopause and menopause are at the root of dozens of symptoms women experience, not just hot flashes. Midi specializes in compassionate care for women in menopause. Their solutions are safe, effective, and FDA approved. Plus, they're covered by insurance. A convenient telehealth visit with a MIDI clinician can be your first step to getting personalized care. They'll tailor a treatment plan for your symptoms and health history so you can get back to feeling great. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. When your body changes, your care should too. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello once again, everyone, and welcome to the 90s Passcast. I'm your host this week, Patrick Moynihan, joined as always by Alex McDonald. Alex, how you doing? Good, Patrick, good. Good. We uh, we are a little bit late. If you're listening in real time, you're uh, eagerly awaiting this issue to drop, so we thank you for your patience. That was all on me. I'll just raise my hand for that one. But uh, we are here to talk PW Torch issue 238. The World of Wrestling, and actually the World of Wrestling Network is uh, the main issue or the main article that we're going to be featuring. So we'll talk a little bit about that, some highlights to cover, some more on the Jim Cornette debut on Monday Night Raw. This is actually after they debut uh, aired on TV, so we'll talk through that. Uh, We have some results from the latest tapings for WCW Saturday Night uh, and some other stuff, of course. but before we get into that, what's going on, Alex? How, what do you, what's in the world of wrestling on your end? What's what's new? Oh, nothing. I'm I'm glad that 
I was on the post show on Friday because for those that listened to that and our show, I was able to warn everybody that we would be here this week. It was just going to take a couple days. That was nice. And you had a nice shout out to a few of our, our core listeners. So I'm sure that was uh, well received. Yeah. I hope everybody listens to both shows. I know Dennis didn't because I know Dennis. AEW. <laughs> That's right. But That's right. Yeah, but we had a fun time on Friday and uh, coming off the heels of SummerSlam and all that kind of stuff. And so just moving forward and trying to stay away from the negativity on the Internet. Yeah, it's not it's not always easy to do that. If you, if you go on the Internet, you're probably going to hit something negative. But uh, we're here to, to go against that trend and bring you again. Issue 238 for the week of August 7th, 1993. And actually, while we're talking about 93 and that week specifically, what are some of the things that were trending around that time 30 years ago? Well, literally nothing happened. There <laughs> were a few people born, but I had never heard of them. So I do you have any names off off? I would love to just rattle them off. See if anyone out there knows. No, because I didn't write them down because I made the assumption <laughs> that if I didn't know who they were, you wouldn't know who they were, Got and our it. audience wouldn't know who they were. Done and done. I like it. There was one that was like a Korean pop star. Oh, yeah. You got me there. See? See? Not helpful. Yeah. And then there was one that was like an actor or actress from like some teen drama or something like that. It, was... it would have been funny if you just assumed I didn't know the Korean pop star, but then like, lo and behold, like that's my <laughs> secondary love, aside from wrestling. <laughs> That would have been pretty funny. That after a year and a half, you never mentioned. Never that mentioned. I really enjoy Korean pop. Yeah, yeah. Never know. But the the number one song in the country stays the same. Can't help falling in love. UB40. There is a new number one movie. This doesn't last very long, but it's Rising Sun with Sean Connery and Wesley Snipes. Uh, not the best debut weekend compared to the numbers we've been talking about. They only did 15 million. And it will be unseated next week anyway. I never saw that movie Rising Sun, but I Googled it real quick to see the cover art and I can I exactly pictured it correctly. It's the two of their faces and there's like a literal rising sun in the middle. Yeah. When you said the title of that movie, yeah, that popped right into my head. What did you walk past the box at Blockbuster? Seven thousand. <laughs> it must have been it. I don't know. We didn't note it at home. I never saw it. It's funny. It's amazing how that stuff works. We do have our sports minute from Scott Passner. Uh, he's actually at the beach enjoying his vacation, but couldn't miss the update. So we appreciate that, Scott. He said, following up on last week, the Chicago White Sox third baseman Robin Robin Ventura was suspended for two games for charging the mound. Ventura appealed, claiming Nolan Ryan was throwing at him and will play until the appeal is heard. On the same night, Nolan Ryan won his 323rd game, defeating the California Angels 6-3 in Arlington, Texas. It was also Ryan's 802nd career appearance, tying Walter Johnson for 17th on the all-time list. Just to throw this out there, these numbers don't sound that impressive while we're in the middle of Roman Reigns' historic title reign. Just throwing <laughs> out there. Yeah, yeah. Richard Ravage met with the uh, met with MLB owners to discuss revenue sharing. 
Ravitch, management's labor negotiator and chief proponent of revenue sharing. The meetings were contentious and held over multiple days. New York Yankees owner George Steinbrenner could be heard through closed doors as he interrupted Ravitch during a meeting with large market clubs. Revenue sharing would be tied to a salary cap that must be negotiated with the Players Association. Ironic because we have revenue sharing and no salary cap 30 years later. That's right, yeah. For the first time since Newt Rockney was filmed in 1940, Newt Rockney's All-American was filmed in 1940. Notre Dame has given permission to a movie involving the university. The movie will be released in October based on the story of Don Rudiker, and the title of the movie will be Rudy. Great film. Have you seen that one? I have. Great one. I remember when that came out, he came to, like, my dad was a teacher. He came to his school, and he met him, and I think my brother was going there at the time, too. Oh, that is cool. Kind of cool, yeah. The real Rudy or the actor? The real Rudy, yes. Okay, the the actual guy. Yes, yes. James Jordan, father of NBA champion Michael Jordan, who had been missing since a golfing day on July 23rd. That's really weird. He went missing on the 23rd, by the way. Is yeah, identi- you know what? Yeah, you're right. I didn't think about that. Yeah, I never knew that before. No. Uh, he was identified using dental records provided by the family and is being investigated in Lumberton, North Carolina. Joe Montana made his Kansas City Chief debut looking like his old self, going 6-for-11 for 97 yards in the first preseason sellout at Arrowhead Stadium in 20 years. Coach Marty Schottenheimer announced Montana will only play four to six quarters during the preseason. Um, Super interesting because now we have Aaron Rodgers with the Jets, but he hasn't made his debut and probably won't play at all in the preseason. So how things have changed. Certainly. Yeah. Do you think he would? And they're about the same. I don't know if they're the same age, but as far as career wise that, you know, similar switching to a net new team later in their career after so much success with, with the previous team. Um, I thought he, I just assumed he would play maybe against, I think the Eagles and the Jets play every year in like the third game. I assume maybe he'd play there in like the first down or something. I don't, well, it's all changed now because they don't play four games anymore. So typically what would happen before is the third game, the starters would play like a half. Right, right. Yeah, but, that was usually the biggest game. Yeah. And now that's kind of shifted to the second I game. I forgot about that. Yeah, I forgot there's only three. And what's weird, too, about bringing that up is the Bucks actually play the Jets this week. And the Bucks are going to New York to practice against the Jets starting on Tuesday. Okay. And I have not heard one way or the other, but my assumption is that Aaron Rodgers will not play. Yeah, that makes sense. Especially, like you said, I, I forgot there was only three, so that makes more sense even now. Why bother? Well, that and has no bearing on anything. Like, just for frame of reference, the Bucks won the Super Bowl three years ago, and there was no preseason at all because of COVID. And the Rams didn't play like any of their starters two years ago and they won a Super Bowl. So yeah, I don't, I don't think it really matters. There's no correlation. Yeah. Yeah. 
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere playing at luckylandslots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18+. Plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Daily Cast listeners, thank you, first of all, for streaming the shows. Be sure you're subscribing. Just search PW Torch in Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to pro wrestling podcasts. But while you're at it, if you're not yet, please subscribe to the Wade Keller Pro Wrestling Podcast and Wade Keller Pro Wrestling Post Shows. Search Wade Keller and see two logos pop up, a blue one and a red one. The red logo, the post shows, cover Raw and SmackDown each week with a fast turnaround time of a couple hours after the show's end. And also every Saturday we present a flashback to our analysis from five years ago that week covering Raw. Jason Powell from ProWrestling.net joins me and we analyze what happened on Raw five years ago. So check out that time capsule every weekend. The Blue Logo Show features the Thursday flagship plus our first run interviews, our classic interviews, and our mailbag segments. So again, search Wade Keller and click subscribe to both the Red Logo and the Blue Logo. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry. Sorry. We're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No. Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. 
Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Well, we do have some correlation to, to trivia. We are uh, neck and neck after my amazing comeback last week. I'm one point behind. 38 for me. Alex, you have 39. Um, Dennis, as always, thank you so much for for sending in we have three questions though this week for you so this one will be a little bit more uh he says it's going to be a little bit it was harder for him to to get these together but it's all about wrestling promos alex he does say uh he has a quote from you he says you have a feeling this is you talking i have a feeling i'll do really well on that remember saying that was that last week oh I'm going to regret saying that. (laughs) When you're starting off like that, yeah, that's going to be a tough one. All right. Three questions. Question number one. This IC champ of over a year and winner of the inaugural King of the Ring tournament once said this in a promo when asked by Mean Gene about Pat Patterson. Quote, my goodness. I have a whole recording of his interviews, his wrestling matches, a recording of Pat Patterson's most exciting matches and I watch it before I go to sleep because they put me to sleep. He's boring. He is boring. End quote. While Captain Lou laughed out loud behind him. Who is the wrestler who said that? Again, first King of the Ring tournament winner. That I don't want to, you know, that's not going to throw you off, I know. But uh, just throwing that out there. That's that's the only hint. I Ironically... There is a hint. If you need it, I will gladly give it to you. But no, there is a hint. Well, I think I don't recognize the promo, but I think the hint is in how the promo is written. Because if it's the person I think it is, he has an accent. Um, and ironically, I think he's from the same country Pat Patterson's from. If I'm right. But just based on the first King of the Ring thing, I think it's Don Morocco. Yeah, you didn't even need that. You got it. But what was the other one you were thinking of? Well, I thought I thought it was Don Morocco, but the King of the Ring thing threw me off for a second because I was like, Bret Hart, no. No. But I don't know. The, it was more the way the way it was written, because it's not like Don Morocco was like, I don't know. That's not like the greatest promo in the world. You know what I mean? Like, it's right, fun. Yeah. But and it, it sounds familiar, this promo. I don't I don't know if I've seen it. But it, it must have if it sounds familiar. It could have been how you read it. it maybe you accidentally gave it a Canadian accent, but I mean, he's not Canadian. He's Hawaiian. Don Morocco. Who am I? Th- oh, I'm thinking of Dino Bravo. You might be thinking of Dino Bravo. Yeah. 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 Well, hey, you got it. <laughs> so you got 40 points now to my 38. Number two on the way. Prior to turning heel and becoming Hollywood Hogan in October 95 WC- in WCW, we got evil Hulk Hogan, basically beta testing his Hollywood Hogan look and bad promos. During one of his amazing, ridiculous interviews as Hogan, Dressed in head-to-toe black, even uh, head-to-toe black, even a black neck brace, he starts with, quote, you know something, Hulkamanioids, 
and then continues, we watched the whole world stand still manioids as Hulk Hogan dressed in black made everyone shake in fear on Nitro, brother. Now everybody knows the evil within Hulk Hogan is real, end quote. Can you tell me what faction that is directed at? So we know Hulk Hogan said it, but who is he speaking to? What faction? I can't. I cannot wait for us to cover this, but it's obviously the Dungeon of Doom. Yes, correct. Um, by the way, as I read that, I realized I am terrible at reenacting these. I just know you would do such a better job. So <laughs> if I get these next week, I, I, I'm waiting for a better uh, promo by, by Alex here. Number three and final question. As an admitted CM Punk fan, Dennis says, I wouldn't even say he had the true first, quote, pipe bomb uh, promo. The one I'm talking about was 10 years earlier. Can you tell me who cut this promo? Quote, you know whose ideas you stole the most, Vince? You stole mine. And continued later, quote, you've got nothing, man. What you've got is my ideas, and you stole my life, my money, my legacy. All to Vince's face. Who said that? Who said those words? Is this invasion related? Um, no. Well, if you want to back that 10 years up, you could probably answer that yourself. No, if it's 10 years before the pipe bomb. Well, let's see. Just to be clear, Dennis does say about 10 years earlier. Oh. I feel like I'm overthinking this. You probably are. Because the about the about 10 years is screwing me up because. Based on the fact that they're talking to Vince. And the stolen ideas thing. It narrows it down to two people. But the about in front of the 10 years makes it harder because they do both show up about 10 years before, but it could be about 10 years before, <laughs> like slightly of more all the or words slightly in the question, less. About might be the least important. I'll just say that. It's not, though, because, <clears throat> okay, the two people I have it narrowed down to is is Heyman or Eric Bischoff. Hmm. And they show up like a year apart. So that's about 10 okay. years. According to that logic. I accept that logic. That makes sense. My point is, is that 10 and a half years and nine and a half years is both about 10 years. <laughs> well, I'll just say this. I doubt Dennis was thinking hard about using the word about. <clears throat> It doesn't matter. It's still confusing. I know based the, on the fact that he I've did it down to. Yes, the fact that he used it is obviously causing some issues here. I want to say it's Heyman, but now I'm like overthinking it. I think it's Bischoff. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like talking myself more into Bischoff. Okay. You know what? I'm I'm gonna go with Heyman because they treated Bischoff so poorly. I don't think Vince would have allowed Bischoff to say that to his face on television. 
So your final answer? Yeah, I'm going to go with Heyman. That is correct. Paul Heyman. Dennis says that it was Paul Heyman's 11-minute promo ahead of Survivor Series 2001. So exactly what you were talking about. So it's in the invasion. It, it is, is in invasion. invasion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Searching for more great pro wrestling talk? Then join me, Jason Powell, host of the free weekly Pro Wrestling Boom podcast, Each week, you'll hear the latest news and analysis from me and my team at ProWrestling.net along with other Pro Wrestling Media members. Plus, the Pro Wrestling Boom podcast features long-form interviews with notable names in the pro wrestling industry. Subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, Downcast, and all your favorite secondary apps, or visit us directly at PWBoom.com. Once again, that's PWBoom.com. All right, so you just swept the floor here. 42 points here to 38 to me, assuming um, there may be a, a three question, uh, there's no way I can catch up to you next week. Assuming there's three questions coming my way, uh, we do have one more before we get into it. Kevin Toombs did write in talking about. Remember, we were talking about TNT. You had asked yeah. the listener base if we had anyone out there uh, understanding, you know, thinking or knowing who TNT was. He says uh, the Puerto Rico element of this makes him think that this might be Savio Vega, but I'm not sure if that's too early for him to pop up. He says, I'm not too familiar with his work, so maybe you guys could fill me in a little bit more. So, yeah, right on the money, Kevin. Um, TNT uh, ends up being Savio Vega, but not uh, that threw me off, actually, not for another year and a half. Um, but you had reminded me he does show up sooner under another moniker and maybe even a mask. We haven't gotten there yet, so we can talk about that at some point. I know. I really enjoyed the email from Kevin because he did the exact same thing you did where it's like, no, it's not. Right. But no, it is. It's him. And a little hint on the character. Yeah. He is going to be included in the Sega Genesis version of the Monday Night Raw video game, not the Super Nintendo version. So if you had that version like me, you didn't get him. But right, he is right. in the Sega Genesis version. Correct. I uh, wasn't he un- unlockable, though, too. Like you couldn't just play him day one. I, th- I think so. But now that you say that, it makes me wonder Actually, you know what? I think it's a trick question because I don't think the Super Nintendo version had an unlockable. Now that I'm no, I, don't, I think you're right. I don't think it did. I don't think it did. So real quick, to Kevin's point, we're going to talk about Savia Vega in like, what, a, a year and a half? But let's talk about him a little bit now. What are your general thoughts about him? Um, he was at a recent pay-per-view, and he's gained a lot of weight. <laughs> I'm not laughing about the weight gain. I just like... It's just funny that he randomly showed up in near real time. Um, I like I like the stuff with Austin. But other than that, I don't really care for him at all. 
It's his, so interesting. His WWF run. Yeah, agreed. I think that's exactly my feelings. It's so weird in retrospect that the Austin thing was so good for both of them. And one guy obviously was used, as we know, so efficiently afterward. And Savio was like not almost nearly like not even touched for until he left. Like he didn't do anything. Yeah, nothing. I mean, he was in the original. Well, I guess it's technically not the original nation. He was in like the second. He was nation. He was. But yeah, I wouldn't even count that. And that was a vehicle for the rock. He wasn't in that one. That's what I'm saying. There's technically three nations. There's the original one. Which was um, basically Farouk and PG-13, D-Lo, and then uh, what's his name? The the guy that they thought was funny, the lawyer. Oh, yeah. Um, Clarence Mason. Yeah. Yeah. And then there's the second version where they dropped PG-13 and added Savio and Crush. And then there's the third That's version. That's right. Was, the yeah, good with one. Brooke. Yeah. With Rock and Kama and Mark Henry. Yeah, yeah. Um, I can't wait to talk about that because I want to rewatch a lot of that stuff. And I think Farouk was undervalued for his time there. Especially the early... Like, once he gets that helmet off his head... <laughs> And starts cutting some real promos. He does a is pretty good. I'm surprised they didn't use him more. I don't know why you hate the helmet so much. Uh, well, do I have to explain it myself? I don't think it's that bad. I don't know, man. And it's know, the combo helmet and like short like briefs that he's wearing. <laughs> you know, what's what's funny about you bringing up why they didn't do more with him? And this is like a lost fact over time he was only supposed to be there for like a year or two is that right Hmm. like he was winding down his career like he was he was out of wrestling and went to work for coca-cola and then finally (laughs) came back to work for the wwf and then he but he wasn't supposed to be there for i mean what did it end up being like nine years i was gonna say yeah about 10 but let's see 96 right till I mean, yeah, I say about that that long. Like, that's not what the original plan was. Like, he was nearing the end. Like, when they signed him, nobody thought he would be wrestling into the 2000s. No, no. I know, too, like, I know, and and maybe I'm thinking of the table for three they added with him, but they, so all the guys, it was, like, perfect to have him there because he was such a leader. All the young guys that, you know, worked with him, specifically in the nation, um, I think really looked up to him. I think from that perspective, it was also a really smart hire to have him on board. He's also, uh, yeah, also a part of my favorite rock moment ever. When he's gifted the picture of the Uh, the picture. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I can't wait to talk about that stuff because just just good stuff. But that's not Savio Vega related as much, but uh, we'll certainly get there. I, I. I just remember Savio as the friend of Razor Ramon, like that's how they introduce him. Oh, I know. It's just... It doesn't really last long, but. It's the best they could do. But anyway, let's get back to issue 238 for the week of August 7th, 1993. 
The main article here is about the World Wrestling Network saying it debuts strong. It's $20,000 pulled in. About 2,000 fans from Fort Hood in Texas. Wade starts off by saying Friday night, July 30th in Killeen, Texas at the Fort Hood Military Base. The new World Wrestling Network held its first ever wrestling event. WWN officials reported the attendance at $21.53 paid, plus about 100 comps for a house over two. Uh, excuse me, $20,000. For context, it's interesting. In the same night, the WWF drew an $11,000 house in Youngstown, Ohio. So uh, about double here for WWN. Wade continues, very little was spent in advertising to promote WWN's debut event. The fans were drawn mainly from a few TV ads, local radio appearances by Paul Lee and Johnny Rotten, and word of mouth. Company head Jim Hudson was present at the card. Jim Crockett Jr. was also seen at the event, although he did not operate in any official capacity. As a side note here, we talked about this uh, weeks back where he technically has a was it a no play or no, yeah, I think it's called a no play contract where he's hired by WCW to do nothing else with with nobody else. So that has not run its course yet, that contract. The matches were organized and books by, booked by Paul E. And uh, former WCW announcer Tony Gilliam, he handled the ring announcing. WN officials were happy with virtually every aspect of the debut event, including match quality from all the reports. Uh, not a superb, but strong enough to satisfy the, the fans. Here's one. Bob Orton and Jake the Snake Roberts put together a 37-minute surprise, considering the best match of the night. Uh, quote, from Gilliam, they had the best match in the card, he says. I've never been impressed with Roberts before. It was unbelievable. Jake took some incredible bumps, and Orton has lost about 35 pounds. Pretty cool. Support us on Patreon starting at $4.99. Get these shows ad-free and bonus VIP content. That's $4.99 on Patreon. Patreon.com slash PWTorchVIP. That's Patreon.com slash PWTorchVIP. That is the quickest, cheapest, and easiest way to support us and enjoy these shows with a streamlined listening experience. The Wade Keller Post Shows, Podcasts, and the PW Torch Daily Casts, plus some random VIP bonus content. Paulie was also quoted on this one. It was something out of the past, he said Monday morning from his hotel room in, in Texas. They went over 30 minutes and never lost the crowd. I think they were inspired by knowing their payday was going to be higher than they expected. What do you think about that? Jake the Snake Roberts coming back. Last time we ever really saw him in the ring was, uh, what, fall of 92 in WCW. And here he is in August of 93 having a 37-minute match with all people Bob Orton. I know. Has anybody else never seen a 30-minute Jake Roberts match? I I don't know unless he's in like a rumble. That that doesn't count. <laughs> I was waiting for the laugh. I was hope, I was hoping you get that. That doesn't count. Um, <laughs> it's interesting that he showed up here for two reasons. One that he's involved in anything because for like most wrestling fans, I think we all just kind of assume that he falls off the face of the earth until 1996. I'm one of them. I know he pops up somewhere in like AAA, I think, for a little while and maybe Smoky Mountain, but not on a 
large scale, you know? Yeah, exactly. And then the other reason it's it's interesting, too, is because I do not think that his name was included the last time we ran down the list of who was involved in this promotion. That's a great point. I don't know if that's... Yeah, I think you're right. And it makes me wonder, and I don't know if he's on this card because I did not read the whole card, but Hawk has been signed to WCW since the last time we talked about this. And it makes me wonder if Paulie reached out to Jake as a replacement for Hawk, because Hawk was kind of his big star the first go around. And he may no longer have access to him. I could be totally wrong in saying that, but that's just a guess. Well, you might be half right just as like the fallback part, but Hawk is on the card. And if you recall, I remember Wade reported and we spoke about it on the the air might have been three weeks ago um, that Hawk signed like a very special deal with WCW. I think it's like per deal dates and I think he can still work other, you know, other promotions, I assume, just independent style stuff. Gotcha. So I think that's what it is. And you kind of hit on it, but the fallback plan option. Yeah. Yeah. Because if that deal with WCW leads to something full time. He has another star. So there you go. That's totally. Great. No, totally. And I don't know how I mean, I'll play the game like we like to do on, on the show and see how much how old Bob Orton was at the time. Um, it'll take me some time. Oh, he was 42. He was 42. So he's not terribly old. Maybe in like this era, he would be considered older. But to I don't know how, what kind of shape he was other than to say he lost you know, about 35 pounds. That's a pretty good start. Um. You could, you know, you could maybe hang your hat on maybe your cowboy hat on Paul or or, uh, Bob Orton for a little bit, too. Just for the record, you said he's 42, right? Yeah, at at this point, yeah. Okay, in real time, Randy is 43. Wow, so he, wow. Wow. Um, Just for context. Yeah, no, that's great context. Yeah, that's great context. Uh, so moving forward, there's, I'm, we're, we're really not going to go through match by match because there's not a ton of people on this card that probably ended up doing much. Um, but there are seven matches on here. Um, we did talk about a few people like the Komodo Dragons, which is a team made up of Ted Petty, which is one of the uh, I think is Rock or Rock. Um, and Dean Blanco, but they were both wearing masks. They faced off against Pat Tanaka and Paul Diamond. Um it was a two out of three falls match. Talked about the Jake's Jake Roberts and Bob Orton 33, uh, 37 minute banger there. The main event, though, this one's interesting. The convict. Yeah, we're still talking about him. Kevin Walkholtz, formerly Nails. Charged the ring and tossed both wrestlers out of the ring. There was two wrestlers that started a match that never went anywhere. Thus, Nails, the former Nails, came in and, and ruined that. And then he began screaming for Hawk, who... Uh, his ring gear never arrived at the airport. Uh, Hawk actually ran to the ring wearing a spare orange convict outfit and cowboy boots. So he actually borrowed Walkholtz's uh, spare <laughs> outfit here. Um, apparently they played into this, though, by Hawk explaining over the microphone that he lost his luggage. So he stole the convict's, uh, convict's outfit because one thief deserves another. So there you go. I don't know. You just keep him in jeans and like... Make it like a bunkhouse brawl, you know. Uh, not much to this, though. 
really not much of that match as you can imagine. Um, but there, there is said to be another uh, show announced soon, um, but there's no date yet. They're looking for a show in the southeast. It says. So there you have it. I mean, some of the highlights is, I think, the the money they made, the fact that they drew, pretty well. Um, had a standout match with two veterans that uh, probably would shock a lot of people hearing their names. But other than that, I mean, there's not a ton to speak about here. But I think all in all, it sounds like a positive first show. A <clears throat> couple things. It's interesting, another name that did not appear here because we read his name for their original set of shows, especially considering they're in Texas. Um, no Eddie Guerrero here. Yeah, you're right. He's missing from this. <clears throat> and Ted Petty actually works twice on this show, which is interesting. He works the second time without the mask. Right, right. And another name to throw out is Bill Irwin. Um We'll talk about him in about a year and a half, but eh, maybe a little <laughs> bit more than that. Yeah, we just talked about him earlier this year too in in '93. Getting oh beat yeah, up that's right. He got, yeah, yeah, you got the bulldog. But so oh, go ahead. I got I got to talk about Ted Petty's other name, but go ahead. Well, do that first because I I want to ask a question about why they decided to do this where they did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I just have to put this out here. So Ted Petty comes out. Uh, this is actually in the match. He, it's him versus Gary Young. The match that never happened because the convict just ruined it. But his name was Honest Mario Zavaldi. <laughs> so he's got to be a, like a super over or super clean baby face with that nickname. Anyway, that's all. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Well, <clears throat> my question is, why do you think they did this in Texas? Because Paulie is a New York guy. Yeah. He's recently worked for ECW, which is based out of Philadelphia. His previous work was in the AWA, which is in Minnesota. And then he worked for WCW, which is based out of Atlanta. So Paulie has no connection to Texas whatsoever. Is it as simple as the fact that World Class was really popular 10 years previous and was a dead promotion and they just tried global and that failed? So Paulie thought the market was there if they got a good product? Or is it more than that? I think it is what you said and more. And I think the more is simple. I think it's the guy, Jim Hudson. I think he's just based out of that area. I, I want to say Dallas, but he's Got definitely it. in Texas somewhere. He's the, like the, basically the owner of it all. I think that's probably more the obvious one, but couple that with what you said about the, probably the market being prime. They had such a great following back then in world-class for decade, you know, well, yeah, I'd say decades. And that clearly dried up by 93 for various reasons. Um, so there's a pretty big opportunity to, to be had here. So I think it is a combination of both. I was looking at it through the lens of the owner. And but I think what you're saying to support that makes a lot of sense. Do you think that this is possibly maybe. Where. Heyman got the idea 
to use some of the luchadors because of the fact that he's in Texas and has a pipeline to Mexico. Maybe. Yeah, maybe. I mean, he uses luchadors. He uses Japanese wrestlers. And so it could be, you know, this could be the impetus for a lot of that. Because, you know, I don't know if we've seen examples until now of him being tied to any of that opportunity, like that side of wrestling necessarily. So this could be the impetus for that. And then I think it's just coupling the fact that him being wise enough to know that no other North American product, I shouldn't say North American, it's just no other U.S.-based product was showing that style of wrestling on, on weekly TV. So I think he just, you know, had the smarts to to promote it. In 2012, NXT transitioned into the developmental system and ultimately the brand you see today. On the Torch VIP podcast, NXT Eight Years Back, we'll be taking a weekly look at this page in NXT's early history. Join Kelly Wells and me, Tom Stout, from PWT Talks NXT every Saturday as we go eight years back to the day to track NXT's rising talents and why they did or didn't work out exclusively for PW Torch VIP members. It's crazy how long that remained a novelty. Yeah. Yeah, because even Vince never did it right. I know. And if you think about it, like... This is 93, so it's like the beginning of let's show people this stuff. And when does it stop being like a novel concept? Like 98? <laughs> 99? Hmm. For like, WBF, really? it lasts longer than that, I think. I think until Ray comes into the company. Into WWF. But to the larger wrestling landscape... Maybe, yeah, maybe 98. Because if you even look back at some of those 96, certainly 96, but even like 97, it is fun to watch the crowd react to, like Ray, for example, on Nitro. Because it's it's like totally new and they've never seen it before. And it's just like they don't even know how to react. Sometimes they don't even pop. They're just like almost like their, their jaws open up. That's what I mean, is it's so, it's so different. It doesn't even become commonplace for like five years, yeah. six years, which is crazy. That, to me, is crazy to think about. It is, isn't it? Yeah, you're right. Is there anything now that still falls into that bucket? To me, no. No. Um, to a lesser extent... Um, a significantly lesser extent, but women being good wrestlers, maybe. I thought that's where you might go because that might be it. I mean, but you're right, not like, yeah, it's a different different level of what we're talking about. But I mean, it kind of does make sense. Yeah, it's I just would significantly say, less. I would say maybe Japanese style because it is more sport related. But like the wrestling that I watch, I wouldn't say that. But if you're just a WWE watcher, maybe. Because that hasn't necessarily broken through either. Maybe you see maybe, you know, better than I do because you know what you're watching it week to week. I mean, the strong style stuff, though, a lot of that has kind of has it. 
I mean, I'd look at it from like, maybe I don't know necessarily what it is, but like, I think of like Daniel Bryan is close to that. Yeah, no, I would agree. Yeah. Or you have like Gunter, which is close to that. Okay. That's fair. It's that's fair. It's fewer and, and far between. And those guys are definitely more, I get, I guess unique is the word. If you put those guys into like New Japan, like they would fit in just fine. Yeah, they'd be fine. Exactly. They would be. So and that, yeah, it's it's less examples, obviously, like mm-hmm. compared to AEW, where it's like yeah. half the people that work there. Yeah. But it's it's there. Going back to the lucha topic, the irony for me is I cannot watch a promotion that's lucha libre. Like I cannot do it. Um, I can watch those wrestlers in AW and other companies without issues, but it's like the other way around. It's it's very it's very challenging. It's just the way they book it. It's just so different. I've always wanted to try that Lucha Underground. I've never given it a chance, and I've always wanted to try that. Yeah, I never really watched. I might have watched it here and there, but not consistently. That that's totally different than what traditional lucha is. Yeah, to, yeah, to let everybody know, I'm aware of that fact. But. <laughs> um, anything else on the WWN? No, I hate their initials. It's terrible. I always have to like purposely say it very methodically when I say it out loud. Um, the only other thought I have on them is just how long we hear about them. Like how much longer will they pop up here and there until it's finally, you know, the end spoiler alert, by the way, Hopefully yeah, they, I was going to say, I, I'm going to go with not very long, <laughs> not very long. Right. Yeah. Um, we do talk a little bit more about them though, later this issue. So that Jim Hudson, the owner uh, is actually uh, interviewed here. So we're going to, um, we'll get some, we'll get some of that, his thoughts on that. But from one WW to another WW, we're going to WWF. And we're actually talking about Jim Cornette making his debut on WWF Raw. 45 minutes into the pre-taped Monday Night Raw, Jim Cornette came out without formal announcement. Bobby Heenan went berserk, jumped into the ring, and danced and hugged Heenan. Cornette said he would bring the heavenly bodies on Raw next week. After Cornette's initial interview, he joined Vince McMahon and Heenan at ringside. Cornette told McMahon, I like what your I like what your stylist does with your hair. Maybe you ought to be present sometime when she does it. It's a great line. Vince McMahon laid on the compliments for SMW very heavily. Um, what do you think of this? And actually, let me rephrase it. Have you seen this segment uh, ever or recently or any thoughts on how Heenan reacts? Any anything around this? Uh, ever yes recently not really um it i like the heenan thing it's just a not very subtle way of passing the torch i guess so to speak that's how i take it too yeah other than that um we did 35 minutes on jim Cornette last week i don't know if i have anything else to say about <laughs> no that's totally fine i just now that it aired, I wanted to know if you had any other thoughts. But I think that you're right. I think it's really just passing on the torch. Um, yeah, like, you know, goes, he hasn't done anything yet for us to yeah. talk about. So It is interesting he drops the Heavenly Bodies name, and I'm sure there's more context, like, if you watch this back. 
than what we read here in this paragraph. But it's like, are people supposed to know who the hell they are? Well, it goes to the old adage of act like somebody's a big star and they'll be perceived as one. Yeah. In this case, maybe act like they're a big deal and people are like, wait, why do I not know who that is? I should right. know who yeah. that is. That's a good one. That's a good point. Well, uh, if you didn't want to talk about Cornette, I don't know if you're going to want to talk about this next part, but also on Raw, another series of, quote, who is Lex Luger? These are interviews that see Luger talk about the influence his father had on him excelling in high school in both athletics and academics. A humble, likable Luger, says Wade, said he was never he never asked girls out in high school and was very shy. He concluded by saying still today, many people misinterpret his shyness for arrogance. So do you think that's like both a an insider explanation for Luger being seen as such, or is it more the character? Because I think I take it as both. Uh, I think I think it's damage control. Because I don't think that we we've talked about this. I think this Lex Express thing. In certain cases was positive for his interaction with fans, but I don't think all of the interactions were positive. And I think that they needed to do some damage control so that the people that had the negative interactions have a reason behind it instead of just thinking he's a jerk. Yeah. Um, which, by the way, in this time period, he probably is. Um, great guy now from everything I hear, but that doesn't mean he was in 93. Uh, so I look at it more as, as damage control and an explanation for why he may have come off the way that he did. See, I, I don't disagree with that, but the jerk part is what strikes me, what you said, him being a jerk. It's funny because you never, and maybe just because WWF does a good job with their people at this point but you don't really hear much negative about luger while he's in the wf although maybe as i say that what the negative you hear is more he wasn't the guy for the job but i don't know if you're hearing negative like from a personality perspective you know tell me if i'm wrong here but i just i feel like every time we hear negative about him it's more pre and post wf there's a famous quote from Pat Patterson when he shows up on Nitro. And Pat Patterson said, Lex Luger's on the Nitro now. Great. F him. He's their problem now. There you go. <laughs> so I, I'll take that to mean that he was probably a pain. That's that's a fair assessment. But I guess I just, you don't hear many stories. That's a good one. That's a really good one. Give yourself a reason to look forward to going to the mailbox each week with a PW Torch newsletter paper copy subscription. Details at pwtorch.com slash paper copy. It's 12 pages every week packed with my TV reports along with exclusive features such as my cover story on the top story of the week, our pay-per-view roundtable reviews from the Torch staff, exclusive feature-length columns from Greg Parks, Rich Fan, Sean Radikin, Alan Cunahan, and Zach Hadorn, Torch Talk transcripts, the latest news, and more. pwtorch.com slash paper copy. Take a break from screen time and settle in every week with a mega dose of wrestling news and analysis with a Pro Wrestling Torch newsletter, paper copy edition, in the year 2022. 
you can get a full year of home delivery for just $99. Or try us for an eight-week trial subscription. pwtorch.com slash papercopy. Um, we'll, we'll, we'll get off Luger for now. We'll, we'll come back to him at some point. Uh, there was uh, some challenge TV tapings on July 27th in Plattsburgh, New York. Um, this guy's name is popping up yet again for another tryout match. Van Hammer lost to Damian Demento. He's still here. But more importantly, Van Hammer is, is here still. This is not going to air on TV. It was his second tryout match. He played the face. He played the heel in the first one. And uh, reports say it was just a bad match. You know, I'm so confused about real quick. I'm just really confused by this, but I, I guess he's just on some sort of contract where he can just do whatever. But this is two two times now he's here, but we're still seeing his name in WCW as well. It's it's a weird situation. And <clears throat> was do we know the answer of is he the same character? Great question. I, you know. I assume he is. I was taking it to be he is. But maybe they're downplaying, like, maybe he doesn't come to the ring with the guitar or anything. He just come, comes out with the same look. Well, it's good he doesn't have the guitar. He can't play it anyway. <laughs> well, he could Jeff Jarrett with it if he wanted to, but that was too soon, I guess. I at least believe that Jarrett could play it if he tried, though. You know, I never even thought about that. It's just been his gimmick forever now. I never even think about him using it to play. It's just a weapon. And and that right there is proof that with him it works and with Van Hammer it doesn't. Yeah. You've considered the fact that Van Hammer can't play his. Right. And Jarrett played the character so well you never even thought twice never about it. Never even thought about it. You're right. Speaking of Jarrett real quick, you might, I don't know if you're going to like this or hate this, but he's in a death match on uh, Dynamite this week against Jeff Hardy, of all people. So if you're interested in seeing a, a more recent Jeff Jarrett match, because I know you're a fanboy of him, um, check it out. Uh, interested in Jeff Jarrett, but could he not wrestle somebody that I can't stand? I thought that might be, yeah, your hiccup here. I get it. I, I don't. I don't really care for it either. Um, speaking of not caring for people, the Bushwhackers lost to uh, the Quebecers. Oh, I'm sorry. No, wait. The Bushwhackers beat the Quebecers. And Jock, of all people, was actually the one to take the fall. How does that happen? <clears throat> have, have you followed this company? It's the same reason Van Hammer's losing. By the way. If you didn't take it as a sign that this probably wasn't going to go well for you when they stuck you in there with Damian Demento and had him beat you, I don't I don't know what your sign needed to be. But in both cases, what it is, is that old WF mentality of anybody can send us video of them winning and doing this move and how great they are. But nobody sends in the highlights of how you lose and quite frankly you're going to do that a lot here if you're the Quebecers or Van Hammer or whoever else and they want to see how you lose how do you make somebody else look good how do you react to it as a character 
How do you react to it as an employee? They do it on purpose and have for years and continue to do it now. I mean, even somebody like Kurt Angle with all that, you know, gravitas behind him when he came in, he was losing to Owen Hart in dark matches. Brock yeah, Lesnar. Like a year and a half, yeah. Yeah. Brock Lesnar was losing in dark matches before the TV debut and going undefeated for seven months or nine months or whatever it was. Like, they do this with everybody, even top, top, top athletes like those two guys I just mentioned. Maybe, too. This, I, I just took this to mean this was also taped for TV, but it must not be. It must not be. But you're right. You're right. One thing that's interesting, though, was something that is taped was a Marty Jannetty and Razor Ramon over Shawn Michaels and Diesel in a match taped for Coliseum Video. Here's a reminder for myself to you. Did you happen to see the season finale of Dark Side of the Ring? Uh, uh, your friend and mine, Marty Jannetty. No, real quick, though, since you brought that up, I had a weird day off this week, and I yeah. did watch Dark Side on my day off. But I watched the... Um, you just brought up Jeff Jarrett, too. Um, the Bash at the Beach 2000. Yeah, yeah. Um, highly recommend that episode. But something came to mind while I was watching that that I had never realized before. So Booker T wins the title for the first time at that show, right? Mm-hmm, and that show is either in June or July of 2000. Yeah, I think July. Um, WCW closes in March of 01, right? Yeah. Booker T was the five-time WCW champion, which yeah. means he won the title five times between July of 2000 and March of 2001. Yeah, it's so amazing because you're right. I always, I always think he, you know, he must have started winning in '99 or something, right? To your point, but no, they crammed that those five title reigns in there. Was he and- GI Bro before that first title win? Yes. Okay. Was this was this like the? It made him made me. It wasn't the first time he not the first time, but like was the first title win when he came kind of back as Booker T. I feel like this that was, just yeah. This was shortly after the GI Bro thing. Yeah. There's okay. not that big of a gap. There's not. Okay. Um. So. You either would you have planned that day when you watched that? banging your head against the wall or watching that? Was it between the two? Um, Yeah. See, as much as I make fun of WCW, I'm fascinated by their death and everything that leads to it. And I actually, I had another thought watching this too, and this is a tangent, and this could be a show into and of itself. But if you really think about it, like the period we're covering in, in WWF right now, 93, 94, 95, if and it's it's down and they bounce back. I guess you could throw in 96 too. But they they bounce back because they had that downtime. If WCW wasn't so concerned with staying on top of the ratings in 99 and 2000 and they had treated 99 and 2000 like the WWF did 93 94 95. Yeah, yeah. They probably would still be a business. They certainly would have lasted longer. I agree with you there. But no, that they they had the pedal down to the to the floor and then some and they weren't they weren't letting up, you're right. 
if they if they had exercised some patience, I I think things could have been a lot different. Like just, um, just imagine if in '99 they phased Hogan out, just like WWF did in '93. I know he left, but bear with me. And and just kind of said, okay, our ratings are going to go down. We're going to lose, but we're going to put time and effort into some of these guys, and then. You would have done that with Jericho, Ray, Eddie, Benoit, Booker, because the f- hilarious part is when you get to 2002, those are the guys that are on top in the other sh- on the other show. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Need an extra dose of positivity in your wrestling podcasts? Well, come join me, Alan Forel, over in the Pro Rest Paradise at Peter Torch VIP as we bask on the bright side of wrestling and focus on some of the great matches and shows from around the world, be it the US, Japan, Europe, or Mexico. There's always a place for wrestling's past in the Paradise too, and we've done fun historical shows such as the We Love Liger series, celebrating the glorious career of Jushin Thunder Liger, and our I Was There When shows, where a guest will join me to talk about a classic bout that they were in attendance for. We love variety, and you can expect lots of it at the Pro Rest Paradise. Detailed PWF Torch VIP subscription information and a list of all the VIP benefits is available at pwtorchvipinfo.com. And yes, all VIP podcasts are compatible with popular podcast apps on iPhone and Android devices. Or you can stream them directly from our ad-free VIP mobile site. See you in the paradise. You know, it's also ironic, and I maybe I'm giving him too much credit for this, but I feel like Bischoff would have been doing that if he were um, given ownership of the company as he thought he was. You know, or, again, or if the pressure wasn't so big. Because yes, that I'm actually jumping to one when it all already was getting sold. But you're right. Either way. You might have been able to take it back to like the 93 level, 94 level, as far as him saying what's well, not working, even though it's ridiculous from a um, PW Torch observer perspective to <laughs> to book 12 week weeks of TV at once because those things are going to get out and about. Let's see. Maybe there's maybe that's what we should be doing. Let's, let's save money here. Let's save money over there. Like that. I think I think you, he probably would have done that. Yeah, I agree. <clears throat> I mean, to an extent, though, we already know what WCW would have looked like under Eric Bischoff because it's called 2002 TNA. Oh, yeah. Fair enough. It's probably super similar to that, to be honest with you. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, any thoughts on this Marty and Razor versus Michaels and Diesel match on Coliseum Video? I don't remember which one it's on, but I it sounded familiar when I when I read the names. Yeah, I think I think I've seen it too. Um, speaking of Marty Jannetty, I'll skip the jokes this week, but there's a really uh, funny cartoon making the rounds on the internet, and it's um, if if Marty and Sean switch spots, and it has like it's it's a cartoon. But it has like pictures of Marty with uh, Triple H and DX. But <laughs> instead of being called DX, they're called the Marty Party. <laughs> the it's, Marty it's pretty Party. Fun. That's great. Well, you should go out of your way to watch that episode because I don't know if it proves anything different than what your jokes 
week in and week out have uh, been alluding to, but uh, it might it certainly confirms a lot of things. Is it is it the only episode of Dark Side of the Ring that's a comedy? <laughs> yeah, there's a laugh track. <laughs> yeah, I figured. Oh man, how they fit everything in an hour is actually pretty impressive. I'll say that. And you don't some some sometimes you walk away. I don't even know what examples come to mind, but sometimes you walk away on those shows and say, "Okay, I feel bad for this person. I can see why they went through that." Blah 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 blah. I don't think you're gonna feel bad or any different when you watch this one. I I highly doubt I will feel bad for him. You might need to remove anything sharp in the room because actually I was finding myself like getting more angry at the guy. You know, we we just brought him up before and they're very similar, by the way, these two people. But where is the dark side Jeff Hardy episode? Like, what is taking so long for that? I don't know. I, I don't know. I mean, you know, you got to get the people in the room to, to do these interviews. And I always find that to be interesting where a lot of people, they find really good people to sit down and talk about this stuff. Sadly, a lot of the, you know, the people that are left behind for the main, you know, the, the main individual or individuals are, are long gone. But, um, yeah, to your point, I mean, that's a good topic for sure. And maybe that's like a bright side of the maybe, you know, maybe he'll think turn things around at some point or at least keep on the trajectory that he's on now is that is that the four thousandth time somebody has said that yeah yeah i know i know i know uh well if you if you want to see him getting beaten down you can watch your your friend jeff jarrett do it on wednesday so uh wf magazine now turning to that there's a new article called now it's our turn which includes the company's response to the various allegations. This is a first in a series of at least two, maybe three. This first one deals with superstar Billy Graham's testimony during the Dr. Zahorian trial. Wade says much of the article tried to separate Vince Zahorian Graham and said Graham started taking steroids way back in high school. So basically saying like it wasn't our fault, you know, he was taking them already. The article also suggests Graham is trying to win lawsuits in order to pay for his own self-inflicted issues. So you're happy to get into the weeds of this, but I'm not going to get into the weeds of this. I just like this is just another example of like, why bother doing this? It's their own publication. So, hey, they can do whatever they want. But it's just like more of the same from this company trying to just like back snipe. And you can say, oh, well, you know, they're trying to defend themselves, but it just always comes off just low class, in my opinion. Yeah, it's more damage control. The <clears throat> The problem with the, the Billy Graham thing is that it's ridiculously tone deaf. And the reason I say that is because part of the problem is that you're not disciplining people who are doing steroids and it's benefiting them yes part of what you're being charged with is giving it to them and procuring it for them and things like that but the other end of that is there's no consequences for using them that are bad yeah and <laughs> yeah so when you bring up oh he already did him before he got here so it's not our fault well you hired him right and you, you made money off of that yeah. And did it make him stop? So 
I guess, yes, you didn't inject him yourself, but you still rewarded the behavior. Sure. Like, it's just it's just a tone deaf way of looking at it. It is. No, well said. Rewarded, rewarded the behavior and made money off of it and put him on the pedestal as your champion. Yep. All right. We're back to it already. Lex Luger was interviewed by Mark Madden. This happened on July 31st. The interview went about 25 minutes. In the interview, Luger touches on steroids. Speaking of steroids, he says he used them when they were legal. Regarding the WWF steroid policy, and sorry, testing rather, he says he basically looks the same without steroids now. So he's saying, well, yeah, well, it's working. In other words, I'm paraphrasing him now. It's working, and look at me. I'm still in great shape. So it it hasn't really negatively affected affected me uh, much. Regarding Hogan, Luger says there will never be another and says he doesn't want to fill his shoes. He wants to be his own person. So just a few takeaways from that. Not the full interview was added to this issue. Um, Dare I ask you, Alex, any reaction to any of this or anything I missed? Or should we go on to uh, the next section here? A couple things. Still waiting for an email about any positives that came from the Lex Luger situation. uh, As far as the Lex Express goes, still waiting. Because we haven't gotten any, and I haven't thought of one. On top of that, I emailed the fix about that same topic. And the positives that I got, one of them was from Wade, and he said he saw a very nice interaction between Lex and a little girl in the Mall of America. So there's one. Okay, nice. Uh, And two from Todd Martin is there's a really funny outtake video of Luger being very angry on the Lex Express that surfaced in the Hidden Gems version of uh, WWE Network a couple of years ago. I would like to point out that neither of their two positives have anything to do with the actual angle. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And actually, the second one sounds negative to me. That's what Wade said. I think it's a positive, and and Todd framed it that way, too, because he at least got entertainment out of it 20 years after the fact. Yeah, yeah. Um, And had the Lex Express not happened, then that entertainment would not have been had. So I get where he's coming from. Yeah, that's fair. But you're right. It has nothing to do with the actual on-screen product. Yeah, because there isn't one. That's (laughs) that's part of the, the thing here. Well, we didn't watch the end of SummerSlam 93 yet. We don't know what happened. Like, I heard there's a confetti and balloons. So, I mean, that seems to give you something positive, right? We'll see what happens. Thanks for listening to our podcast. Did you know we also have a website? PWTorch.com. Daily news updates, editorials, and my live TV coverage covering Raw, Dynamite, and SmackDown. And my live pay-per-view coverage for WWE and AEW. Create a tab or bookmark, make it a daily stop. Visit us throughout the day, every day, to keep up on breaking news and more. That's pwtorch.com. I'm only a few weeks away there. I'm just anticipating my anger when we watch that show. It's going to be a good one. It's been a while since I watched it, the show in general, but that match, it's because, non-spoiler, but it's obnoxiously bad and just poorly booked. It makes no sense to this day why they did what they did. It's uh, we're getting very angry just thinking about it again. And it's it's because of the spillover. And I 
I maintain that so much of what went wrong with this bleeds over into the next two years of this company. Yeah. In and again, we'll touch on it as time goes on because there's multiple opportunities to do so. But the only other thing I'll say on Lex before we move on, if anybody has a direct line, please send it to us because we would love to have him on the show. And I'm not saying that to be facetious. Like, I love the narcissist and I don't really care to talk to him about a lot of the WCW stuff or later controversies and things like that. But I would love to talk about this time period. Yeah, he's ripe for a really like the first person to have on the show to talk about what we're covering. He's perfect for that because we even like even from the the get go, I, I would love to know at least a little bit about his departure from WCW and kind of his year in waiting almost from getting to to WWF on screen at least. Yeah, I care about. January 92, December 91 through yeah. like January 96. Yeah, yeah. I'd love to know, you know, we we're talking about this. Love to know what happens in SummerSlam 95, how he kind of, his, in his words at least, jumps from one to the other. Yeah, I agree. All right. Well, moving on, maybe we'll get him on the air one day, which would be really, really cool. Some WWF notes, the USWA and WWF relationship remains the same, despite Cornette working there and Jerry Jarrett interviewing at WCW. Kind of surprised to hear that. People in the back say Cornette could have gotten over better if he were more humble. These are people in the WWF, that is. Uh, some examples, the bodies, the heavenly bodies, were said to use a lot of moves that rubbed a lot of people the wrong way. So kind of being flashy, using some other people's moves, etc., it was also perceived that Jim Cornette was taking Mr. Fuji's spot, and Fuji is well-liked in the back. That is the most random taking someone's spot. I mean, I maybe it's not random because I know it's the whole Yoko thing, but I, I don't see it that way at all. I never saw it that way. Fuji is not a promo guy. If you have a monster heel, you need to get him over, and you're not going to have Yokozuna speak. They just didn't want to do that. So you got to give him something. If nothing else, you're like saving Mr. Fuji's job and making it almost a little bit easier for him, really. Well, unfortunately, wrestlers take things how they want. And regardless of what it is, somebody's always trying to take somebody's job. Yeah. Like, that's always the perception. Again, we're, that exact sentence is going to come up, I don't know, a million more times. <laughs> right. Right. Little did they know, or maybe they did, but uh, Fuji pretty much had a job for life there. So I think he was fine. Especially in this time period with the things that he's doing for Yoko that aren't talked about. Oh, yeah. Yeah, did we not talk about that a little bit here and there? Well, he's his actual... Yeah, I was going to say, he's his actual, like, handler. Right. And, yeah, you get into some of the stuff, but like actually bathing the guy, especially as he gets fatter. Yeah, sure. Sure. Yeah. Um, moving on to crush our good, good old buddy and pal. He's out with an ankle injury. He may not be back according to Wade. Oh no. Yeah, I know the, the, the fall of WWF continues here. Uh, part of the reason he said he's displeased or he'd said to be displeased with his payoffs as of late. Uh, moving on to Marty, some more Marty Janetti talk. My goodness. He's taking indie bookings, according uh, apparently rather, after SummerSlam. So he might be on the indie scene soon. 
This seems like a more proactive departure versus like, hey, you can leave today type thing that he's used to. I I have a feeling there'll be more here. Um, I wonder if he's going to take independent bookings and receive something other than money in exchange. (laughs) I shouldn't have taken a swig of water there. I'm going to spit that out. Uh, the July 26th Raw drew a 3.0. That was the one headlined by Bret Hart and Bam Bam Bigelow. For some other ratings news, uh, the same weekend, the All-American Show drew a 2.2, and Mania drew a 0.9. Anything else on the WBF before we move on to WCW? I thought Mania was off the air by this point. I can No, I think it's there till like 95. Like maybe early '95. Oh yeah, don't they end up with that girl on there? So they do. They do both of them for a while, and then I don't know if she leaves and it's still going on or what. But yeah, she pops up. I think like in '94 or maybe in the end of '93, somewhere in '94. I don't know. Yeah, I think she got a real job. Yeah, exactly. Uh, moving on to WCW Flair for the gold. There was one taped on July 20th in Huntsville, Alabama. On this one, Rick Rude kissed Fifi, then hit Ric Flair from behind with the belt, then hit him with a rude awakening. So it looks like they're setting up a feud here. Hey, if you're somebody that you didn't hear from us, but if you went through those uh, 12 weeks of TV tapings, this should not surprise you to see what happens here. (laughs) Speaking of uh, TV tapings, WCW Saturday Night taped on August 2nd at Center Stage. I think we reported this last week that this is their last taping here at least for at least as of now uh there was an interesting segment where dustin came out wearing hawk's face paint and teased his debut he also kind of used hawk's voice as well or kind of try to mimic him in the promo so again not shouldn't be shocking wade has been reporting on this for a little while um the note we went over a few weeks back was hawk would be dustin's partner at the upcoming Uh, Clash. So we'll cover that in about two weeks. Some other notes in WCW. Barry Windham is being sued by Janet Glover. She alleges Windham punched her in the face after an argument in his apartment. I don't remember hearing about this. We'll have to see where this goes. Uh, Another news flare in Steamboat went about 45 minutes at a house show in North Carolina. It's actually their first meeting in the ring since Flair beat Steamboat for the title back in 1989. Kind of a cool stat there. Of course, they had to go 45 minutes. It's like their limit. Some ratings news for WCW for July 24th and 5th. Saturday night that weekend got a 2.2, while main event hit a 1.8, and Power Hour, still a thing apparently, got a 1.3. I mean, WCW... We talked about, you know, late stage WCW. They would have killed for some of those ratings by by then. Uh, well, maybe for Saturday night. For Saturday night, night at least, yeah. Not, not Nitro much. was still doing threes. Isn't that amazing? I don't know how... In the current landscape, yes. It's amazing in the current landscape. It's still amazing then, to some degree. Just the fact that, yes, it's not... It wasn't a powerhouse like it was, but... That many people still tuned into that show. It was still a top ten show on table, but it was so terrible. We'll get—I mean, man, so bad. 
you get a glimpse of that in the uh, dark side of the ring we talked about. So bad. Well, people watch a lot of crappy TV. I mean, didn't the Kardashians do bang? They did blockbuster numbers for like decade, a decade plus, maybe. Yeah. Every Sunday night, catch Wrestling Night in America on PWTorchDailyCast.com, hosted by me, PW Torch columnist Greg Parks. Each week, I'll welcome a co-host from the Torch family to discuss the big shows in pro wrestling, taking your calls and emails. You can listen live most weeks beginning at 8 p.m. Eastern. On Sunday nights with a WWE or Impact pay-per-view, we go on the air at the conclusion of that pay-per-view. You can listen live, but of course the full show is available for download on demand anytime shortly after it airs. Visit PWTorchDailyCast.com and click the live stream link to find the next scheduled live show link. Search PW Torch in Apple Podcasts or your podcast app to subscribe. Wrestling Night in America every Sunday, PWTorchDailyCast.com. Terry Funk called Bob Dew and Bill Shaw sharp guys that are misguided by who they've hired. Seems to sum up a lot of things in that company. Ole Anderson went on a tirade apparently on the 900 line about Dave Meltzer, Wade himself, and others. He offered $10,000 for anyone to get in the ring with one of them. And guess what? Mark Madden took him off on the challenge, so he's going to look into that one. I remember this, uh, hearing about this. I think we're going to hear a little bit more about this. Is is that like the most Oli sentence ever? <laughs> you what? Like I challenged these guys, or I'll put money up to to get just beat the hell out of them. Yeah, yeah. Um, we kind of glossed over it, but I'm really interested in the Rude Flair thing. Like that's a cool matchup that we, I don't know, like two years ago. If yeah. you had told somebody that in '91, it's kind of a dream match. It's weird no, that it's going to happen. It is. It is weird. What do you think of the... Would you book it the way they're booking with Flair face and Rude heel? I mean, I know Rude's like pretty much always a heel, but is there any other dynamic that would work? Or is that what you'd run with? I don't think Rick Rude can be a face. Um, I agree with you. Would you Would you do a heel heel? Like, would you like play up the, the Rick Flair, you know, mid-80s? persona a little bit or where would you go with like the ho-hum baby face uh i hate i hate the heel heel thing um especially because like weird to think about but they're a little too similar to do that that's where my mind's going i'm actually almost intrigued to see that though but i know i can get i can understand that being a challenge i actually we this is somebody we did not bring up during the four horsemen conversation I would have preferred he was in that. I like that a lot. Yeah, I like that a lot. But if they're going to wrestle each other, especially right now, because of the flair situation and he's back and everybody's happy he's back, I don't think there's an option other than the one they went with. Yeah, I think that's probably the right way to do it. Um, real quick, going back to this Ole and Mark Madden thing. Uh, It says here in the Torch, I'll read it, the last few sentences here. Torch columnist Mark Madden has accepted his offer and considers the 900-segment illegal binding verbal contract. Quote, I'm faxing Michael Weber my acceptance this week, Madden said. 
I've already notified him by phone. They just need to set the time and the place, and I'll be there. Michael Weber. I don't know if he is. Is he a WCW guy? I don't even know. I don't, I'm not sure. Was he a reporter at the time? I'm not sure. I don't know the answer to that either, but since maybe he's like about, the legal guy for WCW. I don't know. No, that's what's his name. Um, oh, Bischoff says his name all the time. What's oh, the OK. That's going to drive me nuts now. Yeah, I don't know who that is. If you heard the name, you'd recognize it. Um, yeah. Anyway, we've been talking a lot about ladder era WCW. Yeah. Does Oli still work there by the time Mark Madden works there? Oh, I, oh my. I I hope not. I don't know. How is he still working here in 93? Yeah. I don't think he does, though. I don't think so either, because I think if he did, I would know the answer to that question. Yeah. You would you would hear his name. Yeah. So, not to get into that would have been interesting here. though. It, it would have been Oli, Vern, and I know there's another guy, but those two guys are like the guys we talked about from not maybe day one of the show. Nobody likes. Is there another guy out there that I'm missing? Vince. Well, people at least say nice things about Vince, like him being a good promoter and. This and that, but like, I don't know. I don't. We haven't heard one person say a nice thing about any of these people. That, does Stephanie count, or does the time period not work? And I'm thinking more of this time period um, that we covered to to date. I feel like there was maybe one more person, but um, the guy that ran uh, Global. <laughs> oh, true. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, everybody hated him. Max something, I think. Yeah, everybody yeah. hated him. Yeah, that's right. Good point. Anyway, that's if, it. Though. Yeah, He's if anyone else remembers, scale, say that again. Sorry. He's small scale like that. Yeah, barely counts. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, uh, moving on to other news, unless there's not anything else on WCW. I th- well, I thought where you were going with that is if I would rather get beat up by Vern or Oli <laughs> uh, for 10 grand. Um, the answer is Vern. At this Vern. stage, yeah, Vern. Yeah. Although he might like snap, you know, snap a bone or two. Like he, he's got the, the holds. But Oli, I would still pick him over Oli. Well, I feel like Oli weighs a lot more. So it would be easier for me to knock Vern down and then run away as opposed to Oli. I just love the visual of you knocking an old man down and then running away. <laughs> It's 10 grand. What? <laughs> I get it. I get it. <laughs> but no, I wasn't going there, but that's that's a good one. Uh, in other news, Mike Tanay's radio show is canceled. Apparently, you can blame my area for this because the new Philly programmer, the Philadelphia program director, made the call to axe that show. Kind of a shame. And the only thing that I wish was noted here was what station it was on, because I would know. The stations, I might think there's a WIP is the big one. I'm assuming it was that one, but maybe not. In other news, we have. What's that? I I have no frame of reference. Yeah, I didn't either. I I wouldn't I wouldn't have listened to it back then anyway. So 
Uh, ECW Ultra Clash so far has Stan Hansen versus Abdullah the Butcher, another feature of a recent Dark Side of the Ring. That was an interesting one, too. Also, a scaffold match between the Dark Patriot, who's still sticking around, and J.T. Smith. Uh, also interesting, you know, we haven't even touched on my, upon this yet, but um, on page five, under the in-house notes section, Wade starts by saying, thanks for reading the newly redesigned Torch. I look forward to your comments on the changes. Please note the new long-term discount. Oh, he talks about subscription rates that are effective immediately, which is kind of cool to see. But really, the core here is the new design of the Torch. For those following along, you'll notice the you know pretty significantly bold headers, a little bit different design for the uh, cover page, some other pieces too. But uh, what do you think? I don't know. It takes me a little bit to get used to these. I always start off hating it, and then I like it, and then he changes it again. Yeah, uh, that's how I feel with this one so far. Oh, it'll be fine. But yeah, once it's fine, it'll be new. Yeah, exactly. All right. Well, moving on to the torch talk with Paul E. This is part two. Wade opens by asking if WWN will tailor itself after any specific region in order to gain TV. Paul E. wants to appeal to a broader a broader yeah broader audience. There you go. And doesn't seem to be um, wanting to be confined in that way. Says he wouldn't transfer one audience from any one current show or promotion. He doesn't think giving fans one thing is the answer. He likes providing a mix, which I think fits very nicely in the WC, in the ECW that we see in a few years. This is a very reminiscent of what we see in ECW. Paulie says he envisions WWN as a 24-hour music channel that doesn't limit itself to one type of music. And if you watched ECW, or I've seen clips of it, you know it's almost like a music show in that regard. Anything not in-ring related is just like this, you know, music slash infomercial approach, which we know we talked about in last week's issue, too. Uh, If he had to narrow down his audience, he wants to target the MTV crowd. Not the same crowd Vince went after in 1984, because that crowd never, never fully moved into wrestling, he says. He goes on to say he wants the Fox audience shows like living in living color at the time, married with children, the Simpsons, etc. Thoughts on any of those shows? Did you watch those Simpsons? Obviously still going on, but were you a fan of any of those? Uh, At the time, yes. And what's what's important to bring up for context is at the time, Fox is like this new channel. Yes. And. Their programming is alternative, I guess. It's a little raunchier. Like, everybody knows what The Simpsons is now, and it's kind of morphed into something that wasn't what original Simpsons was. Um, Original Simpsons was closer to Family Guy or South Park in terms of raunchiness and some of the jokes and stuff like that. Um, Married with Children, same kind of deal. In Living Color, which is the first time we see <clears throat> Jim Carrey. That all those shows are are a little edgy for the time period in the early '90s, and a little bit of that counterculture. So it makes perfect sense that that's the audience that Heyman is targeting based on where he ends up. 
Thanks for downloading today's show. Take it to the next level with a VIP membership. Get shows like this, the Wade Keller Pro Sync Podcast, Wade Keller Pro Sync Post Show, and the PW Torch Daily Casts on our PW Torch VIP podcast feed with ads and plugs removed from the shows for a streamlined listening experience. And also hear the VIP exclusive shows that I host with Rich Fan and Todd Martin. Everything with Rich Fan and The Fix with Todd Martin's signature VIP series that you're missing out without a VIP membership. So go VIP here in 2022 and enjoy all the benefits all the bonus content, and the ad-free listening experience. pwtorch.com slash govip. So, yeah, you put that all well. The only thing that I would add, they were also the up-and-comer, too, like the new broadcast channel. And, like, broadcast channels back then were NBC, CBS, um, ABC, and, like, this was, like, the fourth one, which was just kind of unheard of for a while. So they were definitely more scrappy as well so i think he's like definitely going over after that raunchy scrappier side to your point um i never yeah, watched mary bits yeah go ahead i was just gonna say it's weird to think about now with what fox has become exactly right like you could make the argument that <clears throat> i mean of the broadcast channels what are they second or first i mean you could you could I really mean, make the argument yeah especially with um you know, football being a big part of their strategy as well for decades now. Well, yeah, I mean, baseball, football, like they have baseball, more, course, yeah. they have more major sports on their network, you know, for free than everything else. Yeah, absolutely. Um, ironically, I was not allowed to watch Married with Children. I never really have seen it because of that. But I was I was allowed to watch in Living Color for some reason, and I'm not comparing the two from a comedy perspective. But like you know, they're still kind of edgy in their own right. And Married you're a Children big Simpsons family. You should you should watch that now. You think so? Yeah. Yeah, Married with Children's funny. It's like purposely campy, right? Like, aren't they supposed to be like kind of dumb humor? Yeah, it's um. This is a bad example, but it's like a campy, like, um, like all in the family or sure. it's, it's supposed to be like a campy version of something like that. Like they're I supposed to be stupid. Yes. Yeah. I feel like I, I don't know if I'm getting this right, but I feel like they were pitched as with the show title, not the Cosby's. Basically, yeah, I think that's what that was, which is, again, like. Yeah, with that idea in mind, that makes sense. They're trying to be completely opposite of that wholesome family. Yeah, they're they're closer to Roseanne in a way. Yeah. But even even against Roseanne, like this this sounds weird, but Roseanne was a little more serious than all it, the no, it, children very, was. Yeah. Yeah, they hit on a lot of serious stuff. But they're more similar family dynamic to that show. Right, right. We were also a big Simpsons family, so that was like a must. Um, moving on to Paul E, though, he says he doesn't have an issue with much of wrestling on TV. He has a problem with how it's being presented. He talks again about pay-per-view and the fact that the more it's done by other companies, the more opportunity to run house shows there is. So he's saying if they're focusing on the pay-per-view market in that model, let's focus on the actual live event. 
talks about WWF, WN, excuse me, is and how it's exploring international business already, which is interesting. Uh, Wade asks him to draft five wrestler wrestlers if he had the option. He ended up with Hawk, Steve Austin, Shawn Michaels, Arn Anderson, and Sting. Two things that struck me. Uh, well, one main thing, but the Michaels thing being the only WWF guy is very interesting. The other thing was Hawk. I don't know if because he's working with Hawk and it's like a nod to someone that is on this roster or not, or if he was legitimately uh, in favor of the guy. I mean, I assume he, he was in favor of the guy, but I don't know. That was a weird name to, to pull out. I think it's a political thing. Yeah. I think right. When prodded, he also added Rick Rude, Brian Pillman, and Bobby Eaton. He also talks about The Undertaker, speaks highly of him. He says Hawk has not been given the proper opportunity yet, so that's one of the reasons or the reason he, he picked him. Talks about Shawn Michaels, says he's the best wrestler in the world today. Then says Austin will blow him out of that position at some point. Not Pretty wrong. Not wrong at all. Pretty telling. Did um, he also play the lottery that day? I was going to say, we we always knew Heyman, Heyman was high on Austin. The name that I was surprised that wasn't on the list was Brett. I was and, too. I was too. I didn't know if it was just the Brett fan in me or not. Well, like the Sting thing I get, <clears throat> and even though he kind of sticks out here among the other ones because of Heyman's personality over the years, but it does make sense. And you could see where Heyman would want to market somebody like that. And I'm sure in, in Heyman's mind, the idea of Austin and Michaels and Arn as heels against his face and sting makes a lot of sense. Um, if that's how he's thinking, but that would be my assumption. Yeah. Because you know, you notice too on this list, the whole list is heels except for Hawk and Sting. That's not yes. that's not unintentional. Right, right. Yeah, he only he he throws Eaton there on the back end, but I guess he wasn't a heel. He wasn't a face at this point either. No, none of them are. So yeah. Anything else on the Paul E. Torch talk? No. Um. I don't know. Maybe he thinks Brett's boring. Oh, you know, yeah, back to that. So uh, my thought was, and Arn doesn't really fit this, although I guess Arn is younger than Brett. I was just thinking Brett's a little bit older, even though he was newer to the main event scene. The other thought that came to my mind was just he just simply hasn't worked with the guy. I think everyone on this list, except for Michaels, who is pretty clear cut, you know, up and comer and a big star like he's worked with everybody else. That's true. Um, actually, did did Heyman and Michaels intersect in the AWA? Yeah, maybe that's that's probably true. So he probably knows him at least a little bit. Um, I, I, I can't visualize that. I'm just assuming you're right. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know for a fact either. I'm just trying to think of a time period when they would have previous yeah. to this, and that's all I can come up with. The, the yeah, thing with Arno is the the arm call out makes sense if you're like the if the context of the five 
is you're drafting people to start a promotion. Arn makes sense because he's old enough and experienced enough to help bring along the young guys, but he's young enough that you could have him at the top for a little bit and it wouldn't be seen as like, what's that guy doing here? Yeah, he, he's great in the ring, work with anybody, and his promos are great. And he's a professional. Yeah. And he's so, yeah. he is still young enough that he has upside. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, at this stage, 93, absolutely. You don't have to wait for the Wade Keller Pro Wrestling Post Show to find out what I thought of Monday Night Raw and SmackDown each week. You can check out my reports that are updated live throughout Raw and SmackDown at pwtorch.com. My written report will tell you what's happening in detail in case you missed the show. And it will also analyze key segments and give my random thoughts and quips on what I am watching as it airs. So check it out every Monday night and Tuesday night at pwtorch.com. That also applies to WWE pay-per-views. I cover those live at pwtorch.com with a detailed written report with star ratings. And of course, you can find other TV reports from other contributors to PW Torch, such as NXT, ROH Impact Wrestling, and more. Check it out, pwtorch.com, your first stop for TV and pay-per-view written reports. Um, moving on to the below the bottom line, this is all about the WWN. So they're getting a lot of feature here right off the heels of their first big show. It's titled Butts in Seats is Hudson's WWN Formula. So this is probably the article Tony Schiavone got that phrase from. <laughs> I can only understand it to be the case. Uh, Jim Hudson, he's the head of the company. He says they plan to focus on house shows instead of pay-per-view and TV, which is Heyman. You know, we just said Heyman um, said the same thing for so for at least now in this early stage of this wrestling company, it's safe to say they're on the same page from that regard. See if that lasts. Uh, Hudson also says he wants to focus on the fans sitting in their seats who will hopefully enjoy the show and bring a fan next time. So he's focusing on the fan in the arena it, or whatever, wherever they're staging the shows. Hudson goes on to say the TV business is a graveyard at the moment and there's no money in syndication for paid ads currently, which is uh, a lot different than where we are today for sure. He says he goes on to say he's a patient man and can wait this out until the market is right for WWN to make a move. So he's not really in a rush. I think this is something that was really covered by Heyman in his first torch talk last week. So this is not new. Hudson Currently, Wade says he's 50 at the moment. He currently is the chairman of the board for the Republic of Texas Communications. I tried Googling that. I don't know if it's changed names or it's just something else. I couldn't find anything about what that is. Is that how he has money? Yeah, that's my assumption. Okay. Yeah. But I couldn't, I don't even know exactly what it does. If anyone out there knows, let us know. He goes on to say he loved wrestling for a long time. He was a fan of Dory Funk Sr. and is a longtime friend of Jim Crockett Jr. He's dropping that name here now, of course. Uh, says he's a capitalist and makes his money from things people are running away from. In this case, starting a wrestling promotion. So, yeah, a lot of people running away from that because Vince McMahon <laughs> kind of ended that option for them. He doesn't see competing with WWF or WCW as his main goal, and he wants to put together a quality show fans will enjoy. 
So this guy is interesting because I've never heard of him. So I'm sure a lot of people out there listening remember this name or maybe know a lot more than I had ever heard. But learning about this guy in the kind of the history of wrestling, I don't know how much longer we'll we'll cover the you know Jim Hudson's of the world. But uh, yeah, news to me. So I'm always you know intrigued, as you know, we're intrigued by what's new and different, something we never knew about. So learning a little bit about Jim Hudson here and. Uh, the money man behind the WWN. We'll see how much longer that lasts. The the only thing I have to add is the <clears throat> the emphasis on giving fans a good show and the butts and seats and keeping them in their seats and focusing on the fans in said seats is interesting um, because of something I heard earlier today. We've talked about this and cheap plug for the torch, but they've been posting the 18 years ago, Bruce Mitchell audio shows. And the current topic of conversation is the feud with Hulk Hogan and Shawn Michaels. There's, there's other things, but that's, that's one of them. And when Michaels kind of took some jabs at Hogan, And one of the things that they brought up in the update from this week that you can listen to is the fact that Hogan's mentality a lot of the time was the people are already here, like they already bought their ticket. So you can go out and kind of phone it in. Hmm. And what Bruce and Wade talked about was how short-sighted that was because of the fact that you wouldn't necessarily bring somebody back if you were disappointed in this show. And I mean that in the sense of you might not come back yourself and you might not bring somebody else with you, which is alluded to in this article and by Hudson. And what they talked about was a lot of that being changed by the later WF main eventers. And basically the people we're covering in, in our time period with Brett and taker and Austin and Sean and, Foley and and Hunter and so on and so forth, right? And so it's interesting that I heard that earlier today and then this is in this article because this is like the time period where that's starting and a lot of it is Heyman and his influence as well because of the fact that they are concerned about fans being happy with the show that they paid for and giving them their money's worth and hoping that not only they come back the next time they're in town, but they bring somebody with them like, hey, I had a great time. You should come check this out, even if they don't necessarily like wrestling. So it's just interesting to see the correlation between the two. Yeah, well said. And I think just looking back at the list of names he gave, those five wrestlers and then the three extra, you know, Austin, Michaels, I would say Arn and Sting and Pillman and Eaton. That's seven or six guys right there. Six out of the eight named because I don't think you can argue with me on this, but Hawk and rude probably don't fit the bill, but those six guys really fit that bill as far as, Hey, I'm here to put on a good show and, and, you know, put the work into your point, especially, you know, obviously Michaels, cause you, you gave him as the example against Hogan, but these are the guys, those younger guys putting in the work. I don't know if sting should fit in there, but I mean, I'm throwing him in there as someone who really cared. And I guess, the fact that he's still doing it shows he does care. So, um, you know, the fact that Heyman specifically calls these guys out 
is a testament to, you know, him seeing that in them. For sure. And the fact that Heyman's right, like I said, Bruce and, and Wade brought up Michaels and Austin as two of the examples. Yeah. So it's, it's, you know, totally full circle. Just interesting how, like I said, that that happened to be posted this week. Was the Hogan comment you made as far as him not caring about, I would, the way you phrase it was, they're already here, let's phone it in. Was that something they were um, reporting? Was it something he said? Uh, was it just the way he acts and puts did, on a show that they, you know, yeah, tell me kind of the context around that. Did you watch that angle at all? I do remember it. It's been probably I just watched it in the moment. I don't remember going back to it. Well, I don't I don't know if the Larry King thing has happened yet because I'm I I remember we've talked about this and I got like into wrestling again in that time period. But for whatever reason, I didn't care about Hogan and Michaels at all. Yeah. So the context just it it escapes me a little bit like remembering wise. So I don't know in the time period if the Michaels on Larry King has happened yet. But there's a promo that Michaels does because they start doing like the work shoot stuff. And he brings up the fact that that was Hogan's attitude. Got it. And so what Bruce and Wade talked about was the actual promo and certain things that hit home that were in fact true about Hogan and that was one of the topics that they focused on. Got it. Okay. Because okay. it was in fact his attitude. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, you're right. Things are slowly slowly changing. I mean, they're not going to change in the next year or two when we cover this, but you'll see kind of the groundswell uh for a lot of the guys mentioned and then and other guys as well that pop up. Anything else on this below the bottom line or anything else in the this week's uh, issue 238? No, I'm ready with a preview. Yeah, let's do it. So next week, it is both the headline and the torch talk. Jim Cornette, and he explains his agreement with the WWF on why he agreed to work there and why he kept it a secret. Also, some details on what the agreement entails. Um, probably a lot of, of what we've already highlighted, but it'll be in Cornette's own words. Uh, we also have a Below the Bottom Line, which is the preview for Clash of the Champions, which Patrick mentioned we will cover in two weeks. And we also have WCW updates and WWF updates and it doesn't look like anything on ECW or WWN, but we do have another Jake Roberts sighting for an event in Dallas as well. All right, looking forward to that. It's, I, I think this, the the second we talked about ECW getting prominently featured is the second uh, it disappeared. <laughs> so it'll pop up again. We know that, but uh, yeah, it's just funny how that worked. But that will be 2.39 next week. Uh, until we get there, how about uh, you tell everyone out there, Alex, where they can hear you? 
Well, as well as being your co-host on the Passcast every week, I was on this week's SmackDown Post Show with Wade Keller. Um, if anybody wants to hear some extended thoughts on the bloodline, the fallout from SummerSlam, uh, we do about 35 minutes on that at the very beginning. It's it's the bulk of the show. Um, also, how much I can't stand Edge and why <laughs> he needs to go away at this point and the terrible cringeworthy segment he had with Sheamus this past week. Um, that's in there, too. And we heard from our good friend Sean from Murfreesboro, and that's always a good time talking to Sean, even though he's a Green Bay Packers fan. Other than that, you can catch me on the Passcast here, and I'm the alt-perspective reporter for SmackDown every Friday night on PWTorch.com. And if you need to contact us otherwise, you can reach me, torchpasscast at gmail.com. Awesome. Thanks so much, Alex. And I am your co-host every week here on the 90s Passcast, also covering AW Rampage every Friday for the Torch. And uh, every now and then we'll be on the post shows with Wade covering AW Collision that week. So until next week, we'll talk to you then. Bye. One way that you can help us sustain our schedule of putting out podcasts throughout the week is by giving us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. Just go to Apple Podcasts and look for our Wade Keller Processing Podcast and Wade Keller Processing Post Show and give us a five-star rating. We hope you think we've earned that score with our fast turnaround times and our quantity and quality of wrestling analysis throughout the week. So take a moment out for us and do us a favor and give us a five-star rating at Apple Podcasts. That helps us on search returns and helps us grow. And if you want, you can add a few comments about what you like about the programs in the comments section. Thank you so much. It's a new year, so why not treat yourself to a PW Torch VIP membership and get these shows with the ads and plugs removed and a ton of VIP exclusive audio shows such as the new Focus on AEW and Focus on WWE series that I record throughout the week dedicated to a focused look at WWE news and a focused look at AEW news along with commentary, analysis, and Q&A with VIP member listeners. Plus our post-pay-per-view VIP exclusive roundtables and so much more. Plus over 35 years of archives of podcasts, radio shows, newsletters, articles. Check it out, pwtorch.com slash govip. Tells you all about membership. So why not make 2022 the year that you enjoy all the benefits that come with a PW Torch VIP membership. Searching for more great pro wrestling talk? Then join me, Jason Powell, host of the free weekly Pro Wrestling Boom podcast. Each week, you'll hear the latest news and analysis from me and my team at ProWrestling.net, along with other pro wrestling media members. Plus, the Pro Wrestling Boom podcast features long-form interviews with notable names in the pro wrestling industry. Subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, Downcast, and all your favorite secondary apps, or visit us directly at PWBoom.com. 
Once again, that's pwboom.com. You can support us on Patreon and get these shows with ads and plugs removed, the Wade Keller Processing Podcast, Wade Keller Processing Post Shows, and the PW Torch Daily Cast throughout the week with ads and plugs removed, plus a few bonus VIP shows throughout the month for just $4.99 a month. Check it out, patreon.com slash pwtorchvip. That's patreon.com slash pwtorchvip. And you can also upgrade to other tiers and receive even more benefits through Patreon. In 2012, NXT transitioned into the developmental system and ultimately the brand you see today. On the Torch VIP podcast, NXT Eight Years Back, we'll be taking a weekly look at this page in NXT's early history. Join Kelly Wells and me, Tom Stout, from PWT Talks NXT every Saturday as we go eight years back to the day to track NXT's rising talents and why they did or didn't work out, exclusively for PW Torch VIP members. Thanks for listening to our podcast. Did you know we also have a website? PWTorch.com. Daily news updates, editorials, and my live TV coverage covering Raw, Dynamite, and SmackDown, and my live pay-per-view coverage for WWE and AEW. Create a tab or bookmark, make it a daily stop, visit us throughout the day, every day, to keep up on breaking news and more. That's pwtorch.com. Are you a nostalgic wrestling fan? Do you want to hear about shows you haven't seen in 10, 20, maybe even 30 years? Well, I have the show for you. I'm PWTorch.com contributor Frank Bediani, and since December of 2020, I've hosted Pro Wrestling Then and Now. Together with a rotating chair of co-hosts, we go back and review old shows from top to bottom, talk about where the wrestlers were at the time, and compare what's taking place now to what took place then. You can hear this, along with other shows, as part of your PWTorch VIP membership with exclusive podcasts just for members compatible with the Apple Podcast app. Visit pwtorch.com slash go VIP for details and sign up for them. Now that we're in the thick of summer, you might be looking for wholesome, convenient meals to support sunny, active days. Or you might just be looking for a quick meal to heat up for all the big summer pro wrestling shows that you're going to settle in for and watch at home. Well, Factor is America's number one ready-to-eat meal kit, and they can help you fuel up fast with flavorful and nutritious ready-to-eat meals delivered straight to your door. You'll save time, eat well, and stay on track for reaching your goals. If you're too busy with summer plans to cook but want to make sure you're eating well with Factor, skip that extra trip to the grocery store, the chopping, prepping, and cleaning up, and save money compared to delivery. Plus, you don't have to wait around for it, and it's not greasy, fried stuff that's cold by the time you get it. Factor's fresh, never-frozen meals are ready in just two minutes, so all you have to do is heat and enjoy and then get back outside to soak up the warm weather or settle in for a good meal while watching wrestling. You can stick to your wellness goals with premium ready-to-eat meals featuring high-quality ingredients. Treat yourself to 34-plus weekly restaurant-quality options like bruschetta shrimp risotto, green goddess chicken, and grilled steakhouse filet mignon ready in just two minutes. There are vegetarian, vegan, and protein-plus options depending on your diet choices. They also feature lunch-to-go options, effortless, wholesome meals like grain bowls and salad toppers that are ready to eat when you're on the go, no microwave required. They also have calorie-smart meals with around or less than 500 calories per serving, but the nutrient density will give you the fuel you need to get through the day. With Factor, you can rest assured you're making a sustainable choice. They offset 100% of their delivery emissions, source 100% renewable electricity for their production sites and offices, and feature sustainably sourced seafood in their meals. So this July, get Factor and enjoy eating well without the hassle. 
Simply choose your meals and enjoy fresh, flavor-packed meals delivered to your door, ready in just two minutes. No prep, no mess. I am a customer. I love Factor Meals. I enjoy picking the meals out from the selection each week and looking forward to trying some new things and having some of my Factor favorites. So head to Factor75.com Wade50 or use code Wade50 to get 50% off. That's code Wade50 at Factor75.com Wade50 to get 50% off. 